where the legends play. Willie 1550 and 98.7. Hello there, I'm Kenny Graves. And on the phone with me right now, he is a health coach, an actor, producer, and director, Mr. Josh Murray. Hello, Josh. How you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, Kenny. I just, just got out of the gym, got my pump on, ready to go. All right, man. All right, I got you on the cool down. I like that. Well, we'll kick it off right here, Josh. I read that you're a chronic traveler and a sometimes musician, so we've got to get into this. Where do you want to start? Let's start with chronic traveler. Yeah, well, I I, I, I love adventure, man. I love exploring. Um, I love seeing new sites. I love getting off the beaten trail and, and, uh, and getting out of my comfort zone. Um, and uh, I, I grew up not getting to really travel much at all um, with my family, you know. We didn't really, really leave the States except for one, one trip to Central America. But um, I, I grew up, you know, seeing pictures and stuff and just wanted to, to go places and, and experience other, other parts of the world. And so when I got into my 20s and finally had the ability to, to go out on my own, um, I started, started doing that. And, and about, wow, like I want to say seven, six, seven years ago, um, I was in a place in my life where things had kind of gotten a little bit into a rut and I felt a little stuck. And so I decided to shake things up and I sold my house. I put, sold, got rid of my stuff, put a little stuff in storage. And I just started traveling with no, no end in sight and no, no plan really. And, um, I ended up, ended up one thing led to another, ended up being a three year period. And I was literally in, I don't know, maybe eight, nine countries and a dozen different States during that time. And I never stopped in any one place for more than a month, sometimes just a week or two at a time. And uh, I got to really just experience a lot of that. I think that's where that chronic traveler thing came. I, I probably wrote that during that period. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was it was awesome. And then towards the end of that period, I kind of settled in, in L.A. and relocated to the West Coast. I grew up on the East Coast. And uh, that's that's where I'm now. Well, as for the traveling, you've apparently been a globetrotter for a few years. What's been your favorite place you've traveled to so far, and what is on your destination bucket list? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, have to, I have to say Ireland is my favorite place on earth. Um, I grew up just being so enamored and touched by Irish culture and music, and um, I've, I've been there, spent a, spent a few trips to Ireland and that's really the place that that's the closest thing to home to me that I would never been to before. Um, it really, really beautiful people and culture and land. And it's so, such a rich mystical, mystical place. And, uh, that's, that's forever close to my heart. I would say that the, the new place of, of all those trips I went on that was, that was memorable was probably New Zealand. Ooh. Um, I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And so that was always on my bucket list. And, um, I got to spend some time in the South Island, um, just seeing some incredible, it's so majestic, such epic sights there. Um, really, really just mind blowing. Um, I, as far as, as far as bucket lists, um, I, I really want to go back to, to Ireland and the British Isles and, and see a number of the sites I didn't get to see. There's a lot of places, you know, I don't tend to just cram things. I tend to kind of really sit in a place. So there's a lot of sites, you know, um, in New Zealand and, and Ireland and, and Scotland that I want to go back to. Uh, in terms of something brand new, I, I've never been to Africa, and so one day I want to I want to go to the Serengeti and see, you know, the lions and the, the giraffes and the elephants in person in the wild. Yeah, living your life, man, that sounds awesome. Well, let's yeah. move on to the other part here. 
the sometimes musician, so I have to ha- have to ask about the music. Yeah, yeah. Well, I my mom was a musician. Uh, she actually, as a teenager, went to Juilliard. She was a professional musician for a while, and so she made us learn the piano growing up. So I always had the piano, and then, uh, like I said, always just being enamored with with Irish culture and, and listening to the music. Um, I was really drawn to to learn how to play. So I, I picked up the Irish whistle and flute as a teenager, and I've continued to, to play that as a hobby ever since. And uh, going to Ireland was such a surreal experience because I got to go in these, these old, musty Irish pubs with uh, these, these old musicians who are like some of the, some of the best in the country and uh, pull up a chair along, along, you know, alongside the table. And it's so amazing. You know, never been to the country, you know, um, uh, living live uh, an ocean away, and you can, you can go down and sit down there and start playing a tune, and they know. They know what it is, you know, because there's this collection of music that's survived for centuries. Mm-hmm. And you can start playing, and you're, people you've never met before in your life, in a country you've never been to, can just sit down and start, start playing this, these old traditional tunes together. Um, and I got such a warm reception. They were so kind of thrilled to see a young American kid be able to actually play uh, and keep up. Uh, they, they dubbed me Washington, D.C. because that's where I was living at the time. <laughs> it's all right, man. And you get to click and get to belong in that little circle now. I like that. Well, let's yeah. talk about the acting. That's been a, a lot of your life so far. Where did your love of acting begin? Yeah, that's a great question. I, it's, it's hard to say. I um. I think my earliest uh, maybe dabbling in acting was was accents. Actually, before I ever thought about being an actor, I loved I loved people's accents. I loved meeting people from other countries, and I was so you know found peculiar dialects interesting to me and mimicking them. Um, and uh, that was something I like had a penchant for, I guess, voices and whatnot. Um, and I also loved film. My dad was a writer. Uh, he was always writing spec screenplays, and he was a bit of a cinemaphile, so I watched a lot of old, great classics, even black and white films growing up. And uh, when I was in college, um, a combination of just some, some, some of my stuff in my life journey just was searching for, for something more and something missing in my life and, and also some health problems that I was facing. I had to give up music for a while because of chronic pain, and I had to stop playing sports and working out and, and I was looking for something to do. And, um, I just getting really enamored with, with film and behind the scenes and hearing about independent film and people were, you know, hobbyist filmmakers and stuff. And so I was like, well, maybe I, maybe I'll, maybe I could actually do this. I never thought that I could be a professional actor. It didn't even occur to me that that was an option, you know, where I was growing up, but I found some, some local amateur filmmakers, um, who were, you know, making short films and stuff. And, I just went to an audition one day and said, you know, I found some people making a film and went to an audition. I was scared out of my mind, but I just I went up there and I did it and I got a little part, a little speaking part. And that's where, that's where it all began. And over the, the few years after that, I just gradually became um, just immersed in it, like the challenge of it, just searching for like, what is that acting thing? And um, got, got the bug as they say, oh, but yeah, um, yeah well, it's, it's been something that's been a, a focus for, for, for mine ever since. Well, when you went to that first audition and the bug bit you, uh, about what age was that for you? I was in my early 20s. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I knew, you know, I was I was just finishing college, and I knew that I didn't want to go back to school after just spending years going to school for something else. And uh, 
I, I just decided to kind of figure my own way. I never went to a, an acting school per se, but I, I worked with various coaches and teachers over the years, but I just, I just decided to kind of find my own way and, and study different books and, and interviews and, and watch films and, and stuff. And, um, it was, there was a period of time of about a year or two where I just got, I just got, when I latch onto something, like I just get sort of obsessed with, I got to crack this code. And so I just poured myself into for, for years after that, just figuring out what is this acting thing and what, how do I do it? And, and, and what is, what is it all about? Um, and, uh, that's, that's what I love about acting is you're just always learning. Most every successful entertainer I've ever talked to or read about, that's the one thing they all seem to have in common is they just took a swing for the fences. You know, they have to just step out there on the ledge and, and have a leap of faith, basically, and, and bet on themselves. So that's a commonality there. Well, in 2013, you appeared in the TV movie Killing Lincoln, which won three Primetime Emmy Awards. So how was that experience for you? Man, Killing Lincoln was a really pivotal moment um, in my life and in my career. Um, and it was such a memorable experience for, all, for many reasons. But um, when I decided to finally take acting seriously, as in, you know, I, I stopped working, stopped working a full-time job. I started making it a priority to make money, to make, you know, to, to, to work on making an income from my acting. Um, I, I had about a period of about six months where, you know, acting was, was the main focus and I wasn't booking any work because I mean, I had done several, you know, films and smaller projects at that point, but um, I was, I was just auditioning and I was traveling to New York for auditions and traveling to Atlanta and taping all over the place. And uh, after like six months of putting myself out there and working as hard as I'd ever done before and not getting anything, not getting a single gig, um, I, I finally got a couple little thing, a little bit, bit things, and then Killing Lincoln. And uh, it was the first project where I was really working with what I would call, you know, real professionals. And, mm -hmm. and by that, I mean, like, people who've done some of the, some of the best stuff out there. Eric Gendrinson was one of the, the people I, I was most privileged to be able to work with. He uh, was the, one of the main creators of Band of Brothers, which is, Excellent. in my book, the best oh, yeah. miniseries ever created. And so he was the writer and the showrunner of that and, and just getting to to see the, the commitment to excellence and detail and historical accuracy. Um, and, and they really were passionate and serious about it. And, you know, uh, it really, Scott was overseeing the project. Tom Hanks was narrating. I mean, it was really high caliber people. And I'll never forget the first day on set. It was, it was about 104 degrees. We were wearing wool coats Ooh. and shirts. And uh, one, one of my co-work, one of my co-stars or, or scene partners rather, um, he actually had heat stroke and had to be carted off to a tent because he was he was so overheated, and uh, so it was it was blistering heat, you know, Virginia sun and these hot clothes, and I was just I I didn't even like I was sweating a up a storm, but I didn't even think about or care about the heat because it was like my big moment, you know, first time working with people of this caliber, and I'm like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow this, and I was so focused on my on my scene and just just. Uh, being completely present, professional, and engaged with, with my character, I, I, the heat just wasn't even facing me um, as, as brutally oppressive as it was. But I, anyway, we got done with the scene. I was sitting in the tent recovering, and I remember uh, Billy Campbell, uh, who plays Lincoln in the film, walked into the tent, and uh, one, of the, one of the producers on the film 
uh, introduced him to me and said, Billy, this is Josh. He's a great actor. And I just thought, wow, like after, you know, again, after all those months and months and even years of, of working and prepping and trying to get a, a shot at something, a chance, you know, having a moment, those moments like that, it's, it's like you kind of suddenly realize like, okay, I'm actually doing this, you know? <laughs> it's surreal, I'm sure. Now, also as a history buff, that had to be an important moment for you because it's such a historically accurate film depiction. It is. It is. I, I grew up loving history. It was, it was probably my favorite subject uh, in school. I, I used to read a lot of, you know, old, old history books and, and autobiographies of early American, uh, early American figures. And uh, so, you know, the Revolutionary War and Civil War going to, you know, the monuments and, uh, and, and the field battle in Virginia, you know, when I was a kid. Uh, was something was really fascinating to me. So anytime I get to play a real life character from, you know, historical period is fascinating to me because I love to do, you know, the research, you, you know, you know, this as, as a, as an interviewer, um, the, the, the research of getting to know who someone is and, and the ins and outs of their life and understanding their perspective and experience is really fascinating. So, um, I, I love, like when I got this role, I was like, okay, I'm going to read all about Lewis Powell. I'm going to study, you know, find his pictures and look at where he lived and where he grew up and what he wore and, and you know, what people said about him. And um, I was really, really chuffed, as the British would say, um, when uh, the, the foremost uh, researcher and expert, historical expert on Lewis Powell, I got to meet her and she, she gave me the thumbs up. In fact, she said some of Lewis Powell's descendants saw the film, who she's friends with, and they said that he did good, you know, portraying the man. So that was that was another really memorable, you know, affirmation and, and confirmation that, that I'm doing the right thing. Very high praise indeed. Well, you were in the movie The Reliant, and that was alongside Kevin Sorbo, and that film won a total of 28 awards. So how was that project for you? Yeah, The Reliant, it's, it's been a few years since I did it, but it, it's come out in a few different platforms mm -hmm. over the years since. Um, it, was, uh, it was a great experience for me to be um, just immersed for the month, uh, in the role. We were out in the middle of nowhere in Ohio and, um, I just got to be fully present, you know, for, for a solid month working on the role and, and just was forced to do kind of nothing else because we were middle of a cornfield, um, with nothing else to do, but it was just being on set every day, week in, week out. And, um, I love that it was a gritty film. I love, we got to, you know, be in the woods and, and it was, you know, high stakes and stuff. And, yeah, getting to meet Kevin Sorbo and, and work with him was at the time. I, I, I it was a it was a point in my career. You know, we all have points. You know, as an actor, where you know you hit a dry spot or you have like you know identity crisis. What am I doing? And um, it was definitely one of those moments where it kind of reaffirmed that I'm on the right track and this is what I want to be doing. Um, but uh, yeah, I know you you just talked to Kevin recently on your show, and he was such a pro. Um, such a great guy to work with. He's, he, he did, you know, almost a decade on, on television doing action heroes and uh, seeing him roll out of a truck and take a bullet uh, was, was very instructive. He's so physical still um, and, and just, just so effortless. Fantastic. Well, in 2021, you landed a role on General Hospital. My late sister, God rest her soul, would have been so excited about that. How was it coming into an iconic daytime soap? 
it was a bit of an adjustment for me because a soap opera is a completely different animal than uh, than independent film or just film in general. Um, they have a very different shooting style. You know, in film, uh, things are a little more methodical. You take more time. You work through stuff. You rehearse. You shoot different angles. There's there's a lot of of like kind of easing and feeling into it, and you know, a chance to to kind of work work through it. And on on a soap, there's almost none of that. Uh, because they shoot all the angles at one time, they're they're very they're very calculated and strategic about how they do it for efficiency. And so they got a bunch of cameras set up, already kind of pre-dialed in, and they don't really spend a lot of time on it. They they kind of go over like here's the blocking, and then they shoot it, and then they move on. So uh, again, coming from a place of where you, you you do it over and over and over again, and until you get it right, to like you do a warm up take, and then they're like, we're moving on. <laughs> in fact, I, I think it was the second day that I was working on the show, there was a little bit of a snafu with the schedule. And so I came in when I was supposed to be like getting a hair and makeup. And uh, they were like, uh, we're going to your scene now. And I'm like, oh, but I'm not even I'm not even dressed. And they're like, we'll get dressed. <laughs> so it was like this hurry, like throw your clothes on, go through hair and makeup. And they come on set and they're like, okay, blocking. You're going to go here. You're going to say that line, blah, blah, blah. There, done. Okay, let's roll. And then it was like, okay, now we're on set minutes later. We're rolling. We shoot the scene. They're like, okay, we got it. Moving on. And I was like, what just happened? But Josh Murray, he's a, an expert of improv television right there. <laughs> yeah. And you play. Well, it, go ahead. I was going to say, you played Russell, who's kind of a bad dude. Tell people about that character. Yeah, so so Russell is a, is an Australian mercenary, and uh, the thing that was so cool about about the role is um, they got to to play a foreign character and and to do do a dialect. So um, that's something. Another thing that I I really love when I get to to learn another voice. I love being able to to play a character that's a big stretch for me like that, and uh, doing voices and, and accents is something that always is exciting to me because it's. It's a chance to really, like I said, get out of get out of my shell, out of my uh, you know usual life, and uh, that was that was super fun um, getting to play an Australian. And uh, I, I, I when I do a role that has a an accent, um, the way that I'm able to to best portray the character and to and to be in the moment is that I I come to work you know as that character, as that as that nationality, if you will. Um, so that I can really focus on on the scene and not doing a voice because if I'm thinking about a voice then I'm not acting and so I, I you know as I as I do I come to set and you know I, I believe as far as I'm concerned I'm an Australian and uh, everyone else kind of does too because that's how they meet you and that's what they assume you are <laughs> and uh, I was working with my scene partner Cameron Matheson who's such a lovely guy um, was super great to work with and uh, we were in our in our waiting room, in our green room, so to speak, uh, prepping and, and running lines together. And at one point we got to just chatting about, about life. And I was telling him a story about how I hurt my knee recently. And just thinking about the incident, it kind of brought me out of the, the world of the, of the show and into real life. And I just kind of unconsciously fell into an American accent. So, you know, one minute I'm like, you know, I'm Russell and Indian actor in Australia. And then the next minute I'm American. And he just kind of, his eyes kind of got wide. And he was like, wait, you're, you're not Australian. <laughs> <laughs> and you were working. And I was together. like, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not Australian at all. It's just, just the character. And he was like, did they know that? 
That's awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, they didn't kill Russell off. He's still out there. So any chance he's going to resurface on the show? Oh, well, I, I, yeah, Russell's, Russell's uh, still at large. He's uh, up to mischief, no doubt. So you never know. He might just pop back up on the radar. Gotcha, man. I gotcha. Well, how do you like playing the villain? I do want to know about that. You know, I'm, I'm 6'5", and uh, pretty intense uh, person, as I've, I've heard. So I do kind of get pegged for, for villains about half the time. Um, and I really don't, I don't mind it at all. Um, I love, the thing I love about villains is they don't tend to have any, uh, any holds barred, you know, they're, 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 when I play villains, it's usually a character who's just determined to win at all costs. And there's something fun about that where you can just really go all out, um, and no holds barred and, and to go after, you know, your objective and what you want. Um, uh, so I, I get, a, I get a lot of fun out of it. Um, and uh, I'm thankful that I don't only play villains, though. I've gotten to, I've gotten to play a number of heroes and some, some guys with good character, too. Uh, but as long as I get to do a little bit of both, um, I enjoy the variety. Good stretch of your talents there. You were in the recent movie, The Missing Twin. So what can you tell us about that? It's like every parent's nightmare. Yeah, so The, the Missing Twin is... Um, is about uh, is about a couple who they they believe they've lost um, uh, the the twin baby at birth you know died and uh, that the mother um, has these premonitions that the twin is still alive for some reason which kind of defies logic but um, partway through the the film uh, she she discovers some clues that, that that gives her you know some hope that maybe that her her other twin daughter is still alive. Um, and so that's kind of the, the drama and the conflict is, is, is she, is she delusional or not? And, um, you know, what, what, uh, what are these premonitions coming from? But, uh, I got to work with, um, with the Scarola twins who played my daughters in that, who were actually also on general hospital too. And they, uh, they were sweet, the sweetest kids. I, as probably the first time I got to play like a real significant dad role, um, and, and a good dad too which was cool. And they were just the, just the sweetest. And they, I, I think I still have it. They, they, they gave me this card that they illustrated that said I was the best TV dad ever. So I've, I've got that, got that award too. <laughs> I'd take that one any day, man. Uh, and another yeah. project you've been working on is a thriller. It's called Jim Rat and you're a producer and a star in that film. So tell us about the movie and your character, Lonnie. Yes, Jim Rat is is my baby, Kenny. It's it's something I've been working on for years now. Uh, it's the, I've done a number of shorts, but this is the first feature length film I'm I'm working on as a producer, as well as an actor, uh, with my my partner Christian Vandiver, who's the writer director, as well as producing with me. And uh, he actually I think just moved to Houston, so he's he's in your area. Maybe he'll hear this. Um, Hope but, so. Uh, Jim Rat is. Is a film about is about a fitness freak who's just gotten out of prison and he has these these grand delusions of being the next Mr. Olympia, the, the premier you know world bodybuilding championship. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's about a guy who's obsessed with fitness, obsessed with image and, and being the best and winning. Um, but he's got some real you know as as fit and strong as he is, he has some real mental health issues. And so it's uh, it's a it's a film that deals with with uh, uh, drug abuse and addiction. Um, and, and self-image and worth, um, and, and a, the journey towards towards transformation. What does what does real transformation or good transformation look like? 
and you packed on quite a bit of uh, muscle to play in this role. Tell us about that uh, project. Yeah, yeah. Well, when I um, when I started on the project, I was already into fitness. I was already, you know, big believer going to the gym. But you know, I, I've never been someone who who gained muscle easily, and I was just naturally a very very thin thin frame. And uh, I remember when I talked to Coors, he was like, "Well, you gotta." You got to put some muscle on if you're going to play this guy because he's he's not a champion bodybuilder, but he's trying really hard. So it has to look like he's actually trying. Um, so uh, he was like, you know, you got to you got to pull a Christian Bale off here and and get big. So uh, I got to work and, and I just cranked it up a notch. I got to work with some various friends and also some some actually really hardcore bodybuilders in L.A. Um, in, in prepping for it. And I, I just went hard for hours a day and, you know, you got to eat like, like you're a, a glutton every day to keep up with all the exercising you're doing. And, uh, it was about, it was about six months I was prepping for the first round of shooting. Um, and then we had to take a break and come back and film sometime later. And then I had another space of time where I was ramping back up again. But yeah, I, I put on between 20 and 30 pounds of muscle over the course of, of this process. Wow, that's impressive. Now, do we have a release date, or is this still a uh, ways off? So we finally wrapped at the beginning of this year, and uh, we are now in editing. So the film is, is in the editor's hands, and they're crafting you know, the final cut of the movie. And uh, the plan is to have that post-production done um, later this year. We are we're raising a little bit more funds, a little bit of uh, post-production investment. Uh, over the next few months, um, to, there's a lot of stages, Kenny, I don't know how familiar you are with, with post, but you got to work on the sound and the music and mm -hmm. the color grading and, and all of these other technical things. So there's a lot that goes into it, but the, the goal is to have it finished, um, later this year and go to market so we can, we can get a distribution deal and get it out to people. But I'd love to come back and, and announce it when we have a date. You have an open door. We'll put it that way, Josh. I'd love to. Hope I'm thinking maybe fourth quarter. Yeah, that's okay. the goal. Very good. Well, before we get to upcoming projects, another thing I said in your intro is health coach. And you've mentioned several times now you're, you like to go to the gym and stay in shape. Talk about being a health coach. Yeah. So during the pandemic, when, um, when everything shut down and, and, you know, I had a, I had a TV show and, and a, um, a theatrical release and film festivals and upcoming projects and stuff that were really, really hopping. And then when COVID hit, everything everything just shut down. Everything went quiet. And so I was looking for something to add, you know, that I could do from home online um, while, you know, things were, things were quiet. And other than voiceover, there's not much you can do as a film actor when, the, when, when everything's locked down. So uh, I... I you know, had some health issues, as I mentioned, when I was younger, and I had to spend a lot of time studying nutrition and, and, and health and wellness space to really get over that so that I was able to get back to working out, get back to being fit. And uh, I came across, you know, this, this health coaching idea option and um, started, started working just with some friends, you know, that were wanting to get healthier. And, and one thing led to another, it, it became, you know, a real a real uh, investment uh, of my time and a passion of mine in addition, you know, to the other things that I do. And uh, I, I've been really, really just excited and, and kind of taken aback about 
how in the last couple of years people's lives have just changed so dramatically because when you start to not only improve your your physical well-being but to to change your mindset to change your habits to rethink how you react you know you respond to things versus react to things um it really informs and and, and starts to adjust how you show up in every aspect of your life and so it's been really really exciting to just be on the journey with people and seeing people um not only just get rid of pain and get off meds and have function back and be able to, to, to move and to enjoy life and to live more fully. Um, but also just to have more mental wellness, you know, emotional freedom and, um, be able to just navigate their life more effectively. Um, and, and I'm a big believer in not only the physical health, but like I said, also the mental health, your mindset is everything. Um, and that's something that I, I like to, I like to, I like to preach, you know, I use my platform, um, to promote that. Well, I- I've come to understand that from people in the know that when you're uh, at least working out, not you don't have to be obsessed with it, but if you're working out and staying in shape and eating right, that tends to trickle down to other parts of your life and helps you a lot. So uh, I commend you on that, and I hope you're able to help more people. I think that's a great thing. And Josh, what other projects do we have in the works you can talk about? There's a lot on the IMDb page, but you never know which ones you can talk about. So I'll leave that to you. Yeah, so I, I'm attached to a number of different projects that are in development and uh, in talks with some others. Um, but uh, until, until I have, you know, until I have something that's in the can, I don't really like to, to talk about it because the, I'll tell you what, the film industry is, is fickle and unpredictable. I, I was actually supposed to do um, a feature film, uh, shoot a feature film last month uh, with the lead role. And, uh, you know, things didn't work out with the schedule and, and we had to, had to go separate ways. So, um, it's, it's like, you can literally be on set one day and and something comes up and the next day you're not. So until something is, is done and done and shot and in the can, I don't even, I don't even like to waste people's time because <laughs> I don't know what's going to, what's going to come of it. Gotcha. But, I understand um, that. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. But I can tell you, I can tell you Jim rat is, is in the can and in post. And that's the thing that I'm, I'm really excited about. And I, I've been putting a lot of time, a lot of work over the last few years on it. And I'm, I'm really excited to, to be able to finally share with that people with that share people that <laughs> can't talk share that with people soon because, um, uh, that is something that you know. I, as a producer, I have the uh, have the blessing of being able to drive through, drive things through. Well, and it's been a, a big investment for you for a long time. Like you said, several years you've been working on that project. So, looking forward to Jim Rat. What else is going on with Josh Murray? I mean, I I, I may not have touched on something you want to touch on. Well, I, I, the the greatest thing in my life right now that's. And uh, my wife, Catherine, and I took our, our honeymoon finally last month in Molokai, Hawaii. And uh, speaking of travel and adventure, that was a really amazing two weeks. Um, it's, it's very little known island, Kenny. Like there's, I think, about three or four other tourists on the island at the same time as us. And it was just great being on beaches and, and walking through, you know, the woods and waterfalls with uh, hardly another soul in sight. And just just being being out in the wild. Well, also now, did I read correctly? Uh, you're a certified diver. I am. I must tell you, very good, man. You do do your research. I am a certified uh, Patty certified diver, and uh, I spent about a week once on the Great Barrier Reef on a mm. living on a boat and just diving every day. So that was another one of the one of the memorable 
experiences in my life, man, to talk about another whole other world, man. It's, it's amazing down there. It's a whole ecosystem, man. It's, it's fantastic to watch on uh, like Discovery Channel and stuff like that. It's amazing. Well, did you do any diving while you were in Hawaii? I, I didn't. You know, Catherine doesn't have her her uh, her certification. Uh, although I'm going to get her on the I'm going to get her on the, the bandwagon one of these days. But uh, we did a lot of snorkeling. So we took a boat out to the reef uh, and did some snorkeling. We uh, swam with uh, a bunch of big turtles. I'd never seen such big turtles before because in the Caribbean that there's turtles, but they're a lot smaller. And those Pacific turtles, massive. So getting to swim with the turtles, hearing seeing the whales jumping out of the water, hearing them sing underwater. Um, we, we got a really good underwater experience even still. Well, I don't know how well I did, but the one time I've been scuba diving, which I love by the way, and looking forward to doing it again, I saw a seahorse who went right in front of my mask. Really? I heard that that's pretty rare. That's so cool. I don't think I've ever seen a seahorse. Um, there's such a variety of, of ocean life. You know, if you go regularly, like you're always going to see something new. Love that. Well, good. Now I'm excited to go again. But Josh Murray, my friend, what a great time talking to you, man. It was a, it was a, I love your voice. You've got a, a radio voice just saying. It's always a side gig you could pursue. <laughs> maybe, you, maybe you can give me a job one day, Kenny. Uh, yeah, we'll bring you to Texas. You have to work on that dialect. <laughs> a Texas dialect is something you definitely need to get in your repertoire. My, my repertoire. Yeah. Twang, yeah. <laughs> you can do it, man. I've got faith in you. But Josh Murray, my friend, so good to catch up with you, and I wish you all the best and much success. Thank you. Thank you, Kenny. It was great talking to you. I look forward to, to talking to you again. Same here, brother. For Josh Murray, I'm Kenny Graves on Willie 1550 and 98.7.